Hey Matt, did I tell you that I misplaced Dwayne Johnson's cutting tool for the origami workshop? Dwayne Johnson's cutting tool. Uh, for the origami workshop. Or, no, you know, I don't think that you've ever mentioned that. I didn't? Yeah, man. I can't believe I lost the rocks, paper, scissors. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 What's up, everyone? My name is Matt. And I'm Jason. And this is not another Swift podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about Matt's journey into iOS development and whatever else comes up. So let's start with some news today. So did you see the the iPhone SE showed up on Apple.com today? You know, I, I think I saw that. What's his name? Marquez Brownlee? I can't remember oh, his yeah. name. Yeah, a- MKBHD? Yeah, 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 yeah. Him, him. He... <laughs> he posted something on Twitter, like how he was just blown away that this this iPhone was, uh, you know, decently powerful for what, what was the price? Two ninety nine, three ninety nine, uh, three ninety nine, I think is what it started at. And I was just like, holy cow! Um, and then I started, I, I did kind of take a peek at Apple dot com, and I was looking, I'm like, oh my god, it is so much the four point seven inch screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is pretty baby tiny, but, um, I mean, the really, for what you're paying for the phone, um, I'm actually pretty impressed with what you get. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it's compared to what we're used to now, it's that kind of tiny little baby screen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's the same either screen size or form factor as like a lot of the previous ones, like iPhone six, six S seven. I think it's, I think it's the same either screen size or form factor. Uh, It just has, you know, it's beefed up, right. has like the better chip in there. Like what is it? The a 13 or whatever they, I don't even know what they call them. Yeah. It's got the new chip and everything in there. And it's, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, if you're somebody that there's a lot of people that want the smaller size phone or, you know, or just the cheaper price tag. And with it starting at three ninety nine for, you know, a brand new iPhone, right. you know, if that's what, if that's what you're looking for, it does look pretty nice. I mean, I didn't look into it too much, but yeah, I mean, if that's the kind of thing you're looking for, then great, go get it. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of scrolling through and obviously, you know, it still has, you know, Siri and, and all those things that come with Apple, but like it's it's set up to be ready to um, to be able to interact with, you know, uh, AR apps that come down the road, you know, to to be able to, you know, to maybe even play games. I mean, who knows what they were, what they had in mind, you know, whenever they created this, this new um, SE, but uh, just kind of scrolling through, like, it's still got a pretty decent camera. It's still, you know, uh, all the features that people like with it, you know, the portrait mode and, and all that stuff. And I was like, holy crap, man, like this, this might be a good like tester phone, you know, but like, even if I just wanted to keep a a phone, you know, around like that Jackson could, you know, have his way with, if that was like his, um, you know, his device, um, 
I wouldn't feel so bad leaving him, you know, out of sight with the phone. And if it gets, if it gets lost, you know, obviously you can find it, but, um, yeah, I, I was like, Hmm, this might be a good, a good thing down the road to have for, uh, for the little one, whenever he starts to, you know, get, get into more games and, and learning games and like, you know, kind of like the leapfrog idea, but, um, one thing I absolutely hate about it, but I can't really complain because of the price is touch ID. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's, I knew where you were going with that. Cause that was, was kind of my thought too. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's like my only gripe really about my iPad too is uh, the, the seventh gen that I just got It is the touch ID. It's still a good iPad, but I'm not a fan of touch ID. I, like once you go to face ID, you don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, like I said, I think it depends on if that's what you're looking for. There are a lot of people that want the smaller screen size and that still want the home button on all that stuff. So I feel like, you know, they're allowing those people to still have those devices that they want. You know, where mm-hmm. like you said, you, me, and anybody that wants to actually keep up with the times, right? Maybe that's the wrong way to word it. Cause I think there's still people that want to keep up with the times. They just don't like face ID or they don't like the bigger screens. I think there right. is a, a good number of people that like those. Cause I mean, you have what the, the iPhone 11 pro, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you didn't go for the, the pro max. Now I don't know if it was cause of price or if you just didn't want that big size, but likely could have been cause you didn't need that big of a phone. So I think it's the same thing. You didn't want the biggest phone they offer just because the size you got was a good phone. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, because the size of the phone, I mean, yeah, price was a price plays a factor, you know, in, in a lot of this stuff, but uh, I, I didn't need the bigger screen. I, I felt like, um, I felt like the smaller screen just felt and looked better to me anyway. I, I consider myself to have giant hands, so the phone, the phone did feel a little bit smaller in my hand, so maybe I just like feeling like a giant, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, now that you say it, you know, that does make sense. Maybe people do prefer that smaller screen, but I guess it's hard to say and see exactly, um, you know, what that would feel or look like for this SE. Um you know, since I haven't held it and actually looked at it yet, but I, I think that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they came out with something that's a a lot more affordable and, you know, up to date and, and can handle, um, you know, anything in the future with AR or the, anything else that they may come out with, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt. So let's move on to what you were learning this week. So I know you were supposed to do some projects in Sean Allen's course. So tell me about those. Yeah, so I I think where we left off last week was, I think all I had left to do was the uh, Card Workout app, which is really um, one app done two different ways, two different styles. Um, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty common, I don't want to say fight, but I guess uh, t- conversation among uh, the iOS world of storyboards versus programmatic. And Sean makes this card workout app uh, two different ways, and that is the storyboard and the programmatic approach. So the first way that he um, he, he shows us is a storyboard approach. And I think 
that Sean hits a nail on the head here, and, and I may follow his lead, but I, who knows? Um, but I, I think in the beginning, I, I like I like the idea, and, and obviously this would be with my own projects of approaching a simple UI with storyboards. Um, and he and he explains that a little bit in, in more detail. The storyboard with this card app is. Um, basically we just have this image view, which holds the card, right? So the two of spades, the ace of hearts, you know, whatever it is. And then you have three buttons underneath it. One, one big stop button that kind of goes from, you know, edge to edge of the card. And then two kind of smaller buttons underneath that one that restarts that timer. Um, and one that shows you the rules. So that and that's that's kind of what I mean by by a simple UI app. Do you, do you remember him talking about that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Nice. Um, so he he obviously does a way better job explaining it than I ever could. So <laughs> if you're listening, go buy his course. But uh, it, it 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 makes sense, right? So because sometimes, uh, and, you know, we'll get into it a little bit uh, when we get into programmatic, but it. I, I remember talking about this going through the hundred days of Swift. Um, I forget which project it was, but man, it was just repetitive. And I'm like, this would be just so much easier <laughs> in storyboards, right? And I think that that's what he tried to um, kind of get across. There was it's, uh, and I think we say it, we say it a lot too. Is it's 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 preference. Um, it's all on how you uh, want to approach your apps, uh, what you know works best for you. And, and, and I like that Sean kind of brings that out and just kind of lays it out there like, hey, uh, I don't think either one of them is better. Um, I think that it's situational and really it's subjective. However you, <laughs> you know, however you like to program. If, if you're a 100% programmatic guy, cool, go for it, man. Do your thing. If you're 100% storyboard, sure, go for it. Do your thing. But uh, uh, I, I like the way that he kind of plants the seed to, you know what? If if you want to be a hybrid guy like me, like this is how I do it. If it's a simple UI with a simple app, like he even says, um, I believe there's there's a, when you hit the rules button, um, it slides uh, it slides up modally. The rules do from another view controller, and he even I think he even says it like right. He's like absolutely without a doubt, 100%. I would do that in storyboard. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, oh wow. Um, you know what I haven't seen? I mean, I I think that's pretty much every tutorial. But I was just gonna say, you know what I haven't seen was um, a mix of both. But it, it is they just don't come out right out and say it you know doing a a mixed approach so like you said there's you know it was it was a simple storyboard so the first screen just you know the card and some buttons on there so it's like that was you know it's a super simple screen and then when you tab uh rules and the rules you know slides up the modal slides up it's like that screen there was literally no code that needed to be on that screen. So something like that, you could fully lay it out, you know, in storyboard and it's nice and easy to do it that way. And then as far as kind of the mixed approach, even if you're doing storyboard, except for like that rules screen, because the rules screen there, you know, there was no code on that screen. It was, it was full, just visual. But I think in general, let's, let's say you take that main screen, like where there was a card and some buttons on it. You know, we did that in storyboard, but obviously you have to do some things in code still, right? You still have to, 
you know, do some actions in there or maybe not. I mean, I guess you could just do everything segue on the storyboard, but you're probably going to have certain things linked up to your actual code to where when you tap this, it's going to try to do this thing or it's going to prepare the segue in this way or, you know, whatever else. So I think most of the time, except for a simple screen, like that rules screen, most of the time, even if you're doing storyboard, you're still obviously going to have a lot of stuff in code. Now it's like you said, when we do a full programmatic UI, that's where you're actually doing like all the constraints, which I think we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, it's like, that's where you're actually laying out the UI in code versus showing it on a storyboard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, overall, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a super simple project. I think um, it's obviously meant for beginners. Um, I think that there wasn't really too much to be confused about. If there was something that was a little bit more advanced, he even was like, all right, guys, look, <laughs> yeah, this is a bit more advanced. So just, uh, just, just hang in there. Don't worry about this. We'll get there. I'll high level it for you and then we'll move on. Or, you know, here's this video I recommend or, you know, something like that. But, um, a couple of like, I, I guess not a couple, but the main things that st- stood out to me, uh, I, I don't know why. Maybe it was, um, maybe I was, I had a bit of a premonition of what Sean just dropped today. But um, the, the 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 three things that really stood out to me uh, on the storyboard approach were uh, IB outlets, IB actions, uh, and IB outlet collections. So I guess we should start by, if people don't know, IB stands for Interface Builder. And I've heard of IB outlets. I've heard of uh, IB actions. You know, I use them in tutorials here and there. But I, like when I when I first sat down to start doing this, I was like, I just realized that I don't actually really 100% know what any of these are, right? And then Sean drops a bomb of IB outlet collections, and I'm like. <laughs> Well, like, hang on. What is that? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let's. Uh, hopefully, I don't get lost here. But um, yeah. So if so, let's start with outlets. Um, I'm going to start with let's just say the IBLet collection, um, since I was the 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 new one that I know I've seen before when creating an, an outlet or an action. You know, when you have to click that drop down to to change it to an outlet or change it to an action. I, I, I think I remember seeing collections, but I never been explained, never took the time to read up and see why I would have to use an outlet collection. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, I was like, right, nah, it's, Nope, not doing it. <laughs> I don't want to confuse myself, <laughs> yeah. but in this example, we made the uh, IB outlet collection it was an array of UI buttons, right? So it was the uh, the stop button, the restart button, and the rules button. And um, instead of, uh, in in, I think you'll hear it a lot, you know, in every tutorial, any kind of uh, beginning tutorial is dry, right? Don't repeat yourself. And he even mentions that mentions that when typing out, you know, okay, you, you know, we have this outlet for the stop button, we have this outlet for the restart button, we have this outlet for the rules button, then we have to uh, style it. Or maybe I'm just jumping ahead to programmatic. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's all, like, what if you have, uh, you know, this button and you want to use it across your app, right? I think that's kind of the 
one of the the, the plus sides to using a, in the IBLet collections is you can if you know that your app's going to have um, these buttons and they're all going to have a corner radius of eight like we use here, or they're all going to I don't know have the same background color. You could set that there, or you could set um, different parameters for it to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, there's between IB Outlet and IB Outlet Collections. Like when we start with IB Outlet, IB is Interface Builder. So we're working with, you know, the buttons or the labels or whatever is in the storyboard. And you're able to, you know, mess with those and, and do things with them in the storyboard, right? You can do like the attributes inspector, make some changes, make some updates. That's all good and fine. But now let's say you want to access them or do something with them in your code, right? Because like we said, other than the rules screen, most of the time you're probably going to need to access these buttons or these labels or whatever in your code as well. So those IB outlets, you know, that allows you to pretty much drag that into your code. So you can say, all right, I'm going to link this button to this outlet in the code. So now, you know, if you have whatever, you know, stop button or something and you want to access it in your code, make an IB outlet for that. And now in your code, all right, stop button and I can, you know, change what it says or I can, like you said, change the corner radius or whatever. Uh, but then right. when you compare it to like an IB outlet collection, that's just essentially the array of IB outlets, right? It allows you to, like the example you mentioned and that Sean Allen mentions is like if you want to do a corner radius on all of the buttons, that allows you to add all of them into the outlet, the IB outlet collection. And that way you just essentially loop over the array of, you know, those buttons in that collection and then do whatever you want to do. So going back to like, you know, the, the dry code, right? Don't repeat yourself. You're able to then just say, you know, button dot layer dot corner radius like one time. And you're just going to loop over everything that was inside of that. So outlet collection is just essentially the array of whatever outlets. So you can then work with all of those like at once, basically. Right. Yeah. I, I just thought that was kind of cool that, you know, you can take all those and put them together, call it something simple like buttons. Uh, it just, I mean, it just kind of blew my mind that, uh, that I did that and, you know, and, and allowed us to, you know, to make a for loop and you did load and, and, and set the rounded edges for our buttons. Like, I just, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I, I guess maybe because I've never seen it before. Um, like I said, I remember seeing it throughout, you know, uh, all of the tutorials I've ever done via storyboard, but just never took the time to figure out exactly what, you know, that IB Outlet collection was. Yeah. I guess we should have started with IB Outlets and <laughs> know, telling that's, people that's what kind they... <laughs> of That's kind of why in my explanation i was i was kind of mentioning that first because i was like you kind of have to understand like what is an ib outlet before you really can get what an outlet you know ib outlet collection is unless you had anything else specifically on ib outlets and i know there was ib action that we're going to go into next might have covered it you know covered everything we needed to for those two yeah, I mean, the only, I think the only thing I left, I had left for IB outlets is IB outlets here uh, on this app, uh, or what we use for referencing something that's on the storyboard, right? So in this case, uh, the card workout app, um, we needed to tell Xcode that we want to, we want to give the image view. Um, we needed to tell Xcode, you know, what to give. You know, for in this case, it was the card to display. But uh, yeah, we can we can move right on into uh, uh, the IB actions and IB actions are used for just that, right? So yeah, like you said, is 
I, I know one of your notes were, all right, why do, why do we have outlets and actions or are we able to have both of them and, and all that, you know, it's, it's kind of, they're doing different things, right? The outlet, the IB outlet or IB outlet collections, like we said, that allows you to access, you know, let's say buttons in this case and update them, do different things with them. But the IB action is, yeah, you're actually linking an action to, you know, whatever element that is on the storyboard. So that way, like in this case of a button, when you tap on the button, it's, you know, it's going to trigger that IB action that you have a link to, and then it's going to run whatever code that you have inside of there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like just because it is an action, like you still have to tell it to do something. Right. So it's not, it doesn't come just, you know, pre-configured and pre-programmed for you. Like you have to actually tell it what to do. And, and so I, I, I guess action made more sense to me than outlet. Um, I guess, um, uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> my brain just didn't want to make the connection of what exactly the outlet was. I, maybe just because action just seems so easy, right? In in this case, for this card workout, workout app, we made three IB actions. Uh, one stops the timer from the stop button that's shuffling the cards. One restarts the shuffling of the cards, which is the restart button, and the third one is the the rules where we where we slide up modally from another view controller to see where we created those rules. But yeah, I I, I didn't know that um, IB outlets could also be IB actions, right? So a button, this stop button, could be uh, an outlet and an action. Yeah, I think it depends on how you word that because at first you're saying that IB outlets can also be IB actions. I don't know if this really the right way of thinking. I mean, you can have the button, you know, on the storyboard that is connected to both an IB outlet and an IB action. Right. Uh, yeah, but an you. IB outlet itself is not an IB action. You know, it's right. It's kind of linking it in two different ways. Like you said, it's kind of the two different parts of what you're doing, right? The outlet is where you can configure it and, you know, maybe change the color or corner radius where the action is telling it to do something that's, or, you know, telling the code what you're going to do when you tap on that. So it's the actual action as, as the name would suggest. Right. Yeah. So I, I should have worded that better. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, the stop button, right. Let's just, let's just work with the stop button here. Um, whenever we had, or I think we originally made it an outlet and then here we are, I think maybe the next video or the video after that, we're, we're making it an IB action. I'm like, Oh, hold up. We already made this. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, wait a <laughs> we minute. Already we already made this on IB Outlet. What's going on here? Uh, hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, uh, I, I don't know why, but I just, I, I thought they had to be exclusive. I, I didn't know that, you know, one button could be both. So have you ever run into a situation, and I know this is kind of uh, off the cuff here, but where can, can a button have two separate actions? Uh, I mean, I know you can do that programmatically but can you create two separate ib actions from one button will that does that work or no um i'm not sure if i've ever, ever actually tried that i mean like i said i can't think off offhand like if it would even allow you to do that or not i would just i would kind of think that it's linked to both and then both would get triggered now i'm not sure yeah. if, if it does actually work that way or if there's a reason you'd really want to do that. I mean, it would make more sense to only link it to one, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And I can't even work. think of a, 
<laughs> I can't even think of a reason that I asked that question. It just kind of popped in my head, like, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I should have thought of like an example first before <laughs> before asking the question. But um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I can't think of any reason why you would want to make two IB actions from one button. But yeah, it just let's just call it word vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I said, maybe maybe it's possible, but I think it's kind of one of those things. I wouldn't really see a reason to do that. I would believe that it would work or that it wouldn't work. Like I'd actually believe both ways, but like I said, I, w- I wouldn't see a reason why you would want more than one. You know, because it's like you tap this button, you want it to run this code. You know, if all of a sudden you have it linked to two different actions, I don't know. Right, yeah, yeah. So when so you you did this last week so when you did the storyboard approach did you like the way that sean uh approached the i I guess project i mean it's it's his project but right so there's there's no right or wrong way to do it but with storyboards it it seems pretty straightforward and pretty straight like pretty simple did you did you do you do anything differently than Sean when setting up your storyboards? And I, I know it's kind of trivial, um, and I know it's kind of subjective because there's different ways to do things, right? There's like, uh, for instance, connecting, you know, making that IB the IB action or that the IB outlet. You can right click and drag, right? Or you can control and drag. You can um, I forget what that that pane next to the um, the main dot storyboard. I forget what that's called. I know Paul goes over it, but you know you can you can you know control uh, drag from there onto oh yeah you know the storyboard or anything like that. Do, do you kind of have the same kind of uh, I guess I don't want to say style, but like the way that you connect uh, you know IB outlets or actions, or if you even use them at work. <laughs> so I mean, as far as like how you connect them, like whether you're going to drag over from, you know, from the actual button in the storyboard versus like the name in the list, like whatever inspector that's called. I mean, really either way, I don't know if I necessarily have a preference. I think this is one of the thing, one of the things that Sean even mentions that, you know, sometimes it's easier to just drag it from the storyboard, right? If you have this big old label on the screen, just, you know, control drag or, or sorry, control click and drag or right click and drag and mm-hmm. plop it into your code. Uh, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it's cluttered up, you know, there's just things all over the place and it's hard to click in the storyboard for the actual like element you're looking for. I mean, in cases like that, yeah, I'll probably just, go over to that inspector and grab the actual line item for what I'm looking at and drag that one over. I think normally if I can from the storyboard, I'll do that. Um, otherwise if it's, you know, too cluttered up and it's problem, then I'll just grab it from that list. I'm not sure if that was your only question on there. I know you're talking about kind of how you set things up. I don't know if there was really another question in there that you had as well. Uh, I mean, not really. It, 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 I guess it was, <laughs> I guess it's a pretty open question. Jen, there's, I, I guess I don't even know if I could really call it a question, but just because everybody does everything differently, right? Everybody has a different style. Um, I just didn't know if there was a better way to handle a, like a cluttered storyboard, just because I can see, I can see why people, you know, 
do it from you know main.storyboard i can see why people go you know to that different view right where you can see the the hierarchy of the view controller right in the view you can see the constraints you can see you know the card image view i can see why that's you know safer to do it if there's a cluttered you know storyboard that that's that's really all i guess it really wasn't a question more more of I guess the question was, you know, how, how do you do that? Like how, what style do you prefer? And yeah, nothing, nothing really important. Well, and I think, I think something else kind of on that, on that topic is let's say the buttons, right? You know, the buttons in this case were stop, restart and rules. Also, you know, they had colors like red, green, and blue. So things like that, you can, you can specify those in the storyboard or you can also do that in code. I mean, I could have, like that stop button, I could have left the text, you know, black and the background blue or whatever. I guess the text would have started blue and the background be white or whatever it is, right? And I could have just had it say button and I could have done no formatting in the storyboard and then, you know, do the outlet to your uh, code and then tell it what, you know, what I want that button title to be and what I want the background color to be and all that. So I think for something like that, yeah, I'm just going to, on the storyboard, I'll say, you know, I'll change the name to stop and I'll change the background to be this, you know, certain things like that. I'd probably just do in the storyboard. Cause if you're already using the storyboard, you know, it probably makes sense. Just change those things there. Um, now certain things like the corner radius, technically I think you can do those in the storyboard, but it's almost a programmatic way anyways. So you probably wouldn't want to do that. Um, but something like that. Yeah. It's like for a corner radius or, different other things that either you can't do in storyboard or maybe just too complicated or you wouldn't want to, then yeah, for things like that, like for example, the corner radius, you know, something like that, it would make more sense to just do that in code, like with the linked outlet or outlet collection. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like it kind of comes down to one of those. It depends just like everything else. Like it depends what you're trying to do or, you know, what the goal is at the moment kind of depends on how you want to lay it out or, in which places you want to do certain things. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes sense. And, and I know, I know we talked, we really don't like to use that. <laughs> it, it depends, uh, you know, phrase a whole lot, but I mean, there's, there's some things that you, it, it really just depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're wanting to do something more complex then you know, you do something this way or you try it that way. But, um, Unless you had anything other on uh, the storyboard approach, I, I think the last thing that I want to mention is uh, I, I like that Sean calls out, I think he calls it a pitfall of storyboards. Um, and that's, let's just say you want to make a change, right? And you're like, okay, I'm tired of making this, all these outlets, right? We got an outlet for the stop button, we got an outlet for the restart, we got an outlet for the rules let's you know everything's all hooked up everything's configured you've control dragged you've right click dragged you've done whatever it is that you need to do from the storyboard into the view controller um and you just delete it and then you go run your app and you try to press a button and it crashes and he's i think he says it uh a few times inevitably you're probably going to do this uh your app is going to crash and i hope you remember to remove it from the storyboard also not just your code and he goes into you know right clicking on that button and 
and seeing, you know, that there's, uh, you know, to get rid of that, that, that reference, the right? Reference, They're yeah. sort of referencing that, <laughs> that, that spot in code. So if it's gone, then yeah, your app's going to crash. And I was like, ah, I never would have thought to look for that. And you know what? That would have been like, oh, I could see myself just getting so worked up over that. <laughs> And this being such a small little little thing, I'm like, how the hell did this even happen? What am I doing? I quit. <laughs> yeah, I could I think, definitely see that happening. I think that was one of those things, like right when I was starting to learn, I, I want to say that was one of those things I did. Like I deleted, you know, a button or the outlet, you know, in the code or I deleted whatever and you start yeah. getting those crashes and yeah, when you're just trying to learn, it's it's a pain to try to figure out where those came from. Oh, man. One of the things, too, and I don't know if it was, I think it was in his video that Sean uh, posted today. I don't think it was in the course that he mentioned. Um, he had talked about, like, if you're renaming the outlets or outlet collections or whatever, that, like, one of the ways he'll do it is, you know, he might delete the reference to and then on the storyboard, you know, change this and code change that. Um, you can also, I think maybe to alleviate some of that problem, you can do, what is it like refactor rename. So if you're, if you're on the outlet or outlet collection in your code, you can do, I forget what it is like right click refactor and then rename. And then that'll actually find all of the spots, you know, all the places that that name is, and you can rename it there. Uh, versus you know like if you try to rename it okay now it broke the connection and in the storyboard now you have to delete it and re-add it it's like you can do all that but honestly just doing like the fact refactor rename should should work and should do something like that now that doesn't really that doesn't really help if you delete it because if you delete it you still have to you know make sure you delete it in different places Uh, but as far as like renaming though that should help and you said right click refactor and rename and that that's not in the whole entire project right that's just in that one you know let's just say that one view controller file let's see so if i actually look at the the code for that project that you're talking about and you know like there's the ib outlet collection for buttons if on buttons if you right click there's refactor rename and then you'll see it'll actually it kind of pops up on the screen and it shows all the different spots that is so you'll actually see in the main dot storyboard, there's like three references to that name, you know, which were the three buttons that are in that collection. So when you now rename that IB outlet var buttons, like if you renamed it to something else, now it'll actually change all of those spots that were using that. So if you change the name here without using rename, like if you just cha- you know typed a new name there, it wouldn't change those reference names in the storyboard. And then that's when you have to like delete them and do all that. So just by doing the rename this way, it'll actually find all of the spots that, that it's actually being used, all the connections to that name. Is that, is that fairly new or has that um, feature been around for a while in Xcode? I think it's possibly fairly new, like not like Xcode 11 new, but Uh I want to say that might've been new in Xcode 10, or maybe I just learned about it in Xcode 10. I'm not sure, but yeah, I want to say that could be fairly new. Maybe that's what I should start asking now is when did you learn about this? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> because I can, I mean, I can see, you know, devs using this all the time. I mean, I feel like all the time everybody mentions how hard naming is <laughs> and yeah. and like how, how, 
how like, oh, you'll be halfway through your project and you're like, damn, I should have named it this. And so then you have to go back and then it's like stepping through the backyard after not picking up dog poop for a while. You know what I mean? Like, be careful. All right, where's the bug? You know, which landmine are you going to step on? (laughs) Um, I can see a lot of people really happy uh, that this is available and I can definitely see myself um, being happy that to be able to possibly use this one day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it definitely helped. Like you said, if you, you're not, a lot of the time you're not going to know what you want to name something when you first set it up. So right. having the ability to then go through and rename like this, it, it helps. It definitely helps. <laughs> nice. All right. So that was the storyboard approach to this app. But like we'd mentioned earlier, you also coded this programmatic. Uh, Sean walked through the the couple different ways you can do this. So let's talk about the programmatic approach. Yes, the programmatic, the <laughs> the the debate, storyboard versus programmatic. Uh, same app, same everything, uh, but we just completely wiped out the storyboard we completely just you know right click delete move to trash uh, main.storyboard we remove the view controller file same thing right click delete move to trash gone got it out of here um, and what kind of threw me off was we did some work in the scene delegate <laughs> I I had never um, gone in there and maybe Maybe that's just not the way that uh, the 100 Days of Swift is meant to be. Maybe it's not well, meant to show you that. Maybe there's different. I, I think I don't I'll know. actually interrupt on that because that's that's one of the new things. What was it? It was Xcode 11, I think is what it was, or Swift something. I don't know. I think it was Xcode 11. That's actually where the scene delegate even became a thing. Like before, it was just app, app delegate, and then I want to say it was Xcode uh, eleven. It was one of those recent things with like last year's Dub Dub is mm-hmm. when they added the scene delegate. So yeah, from the hundred days of Swift that you're going through or that you will be going through again, <laughs> the scene delegate wasn't even a thing in there. So I think if you know if it was redone right now, there probably would be things you'd be doing in scene delegate now. Okay, so that makes sense, because even in uh, the beginning of the video, Sean's like, you know, this is this is a kind of advanced stuff, just get through it, I'll high-level explain it, um, and then, you know, you'll, you'll encounter it, in, you know, in, in the wild, right? <laughs> Later on down the road, which kind of brings me to my next point of confusion with the way that he started this was, um, he... Sean went to info.plist and he rem- we did a con- you know command find command f right and we searched for I think main and we found storyboard um, main from the info.plist and we clicked that little minus button and and we we removed it uh, I assume that is absolutely necessary but I it's something that I've just never seen before. Um, but uh, but yeah, is is it necessary? Do you have to do that? What happens if you don't? I mean, do you do you know? Um, I'm not sure if it still would work without doing that or not. Maybe that's one of those things that there's no reason to have it in info.plist anymore. You know, because there's nothing that's going to be referencing it or using it. 
Mm-hmm. So by leaving it in there, maybe it would still actually work, but it doesn't make sense to have it in there, right? Because if it's not going to be used, there were certain places you did have to, you know, make sure you removed it. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it actually is required or not. It's just kind of, you know, even if it wasn't required, it was another reference to it and you're not going to use it. So it's like, why have it if you're not even going to use it? Right. It's just more or less bloat at that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not really sure that there's a whole lot to say about um, a programmatic approach. I What I do like about the this this way of doing the app or i guess maybe the way that sean does it is you know i, I just I, I love the way that he describes uh his naming convention here while we create the custom file for the buttons it, it's it's just fun to watch the way and I, and i think this is why i maybe asked you that question earlier was it, it's just fun to to see the way that you know different people code and, and organize their code or you know show their thought process when it comes to building something whether it be you know, a button or uh, an image view or, you know, a, a <laughs> anything like that. It's, it's interesting to watch, you know, that thought process and, and see how that works. Um, and I think I even mentioned that's kind of one of the big things I wanted to get out of this course was just to kind of see the way that Sean Allen approaches a project. How does how does he think, you know, from... Uh, from file, you know, from file new project to, you know, <laughs> pushing to the app store. And I don't want to say that I'm definitely gonna have to go through and rewatch these. Um, I because I get the way that he was, I get where he was going, right? I get the way that he was kind of stacking these up. And he even mentions, you know, readability. Um, it's a little bit more difficult with. Uh, programmatic approach I feel like just because there is a whole lot of text and it's it's hard not to um, you know dry it's hard not to repeat yourself here because you are doing everything programmatically yeah like certain things it does feel like you know with constraints for example um, you know because if you're actually typing them out obviously it looks like you're repeating because it's like all right I have this big wall of text that's repeating a bunch of constraints <laughs> Um, now some of them, I mean, there's like extensions or whatever you can do to like, if you're pinning, pinning the element to all of the edges, you know, it's like, there's something you can, you can create an extension to where just in one line, you're saying like pin to edges or whatever, but just in general, it's like, you have to, you still have to set up all the constraints to what everything's connecting to. Now, I mean, even when you do that in storyboard, you're actually doing that, you know, when you actually in the storyboard set the constraints, it just maybe it doesn't feel like it because you're not actually typing it all out. You're just, you know, hitting connected to the top, connect to the left and, and do all that. But it's still actually creating all of those constraints all around. It's just, you're seeing it in a different way and you're setting it up in a different way. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel like it's repeating when you're doing it through a storyboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely different from, you know, the storyboard approach, because I guess, you know, whenever you, you know, you style those buttons, you kind of get that, that functionality with the storyboard. But one thing, one, I mean, you mentioned constraints and, you know, one thing I noticed about setting constraints is <laughs> no matter if you use a storyboard or the programmatic approach, uh, you know, either way, it's, they're both kind of, kind of super touchy, right. And, and easy to make a mistake like on the storyboards or, you know, 
with like you just mentioned here with the programmatic approach it's a little bit repetitive and it's a little bit dry <laughs> yeah i think one of the the other things you mentioned was kind of the cw button like where you actually had a custom button in there and it was CW button. Cause it was like card workout button. Right. I think you also had a question about that, uh, you know, a minute ago it was like, is that something like a common way or how do you want to do this? And you know, that's really with everything, right? It depends, you know, it's like, how do you want to do it? But that is one of those things like at work, we do things like that too. We have certain buttons with, you know, like maybe part of the company name as a prefix uh, versus just calling it button. Yeah, because if you just call it button, that's going to be potentially confusing what you're talking about. But let's say in this right. case, card workout is the app. So CW button, it's like, all right, that's obvious. It's a button that's specific to this app, right? It's it's not a UI button. It's not some other like Swift made or, you know, iOS made button. It's it's a CW button. It's a button for for this app, you know, created the way you want it. And that could be CW button or that could be CW label or, you know, CW whatever. And so I feel like, yeah, that is a common way. It's where you can kind of create your own custom versions Um, because that's one of those things too that will, you know, we have certain company button or company labels and in the storyboard, you know, we might even use those in the storyboard. So if you have a button on the screen, we might not, not even in the storyboard have it be a UI button. Like it'll actually be whatever button, like whatever, like CW button in this case. So that's something that you don't even have to do that just in programmatic. You can, you can still have a custom button that you can then use like in a storyboard as well. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that like, (laughs) I just hope commits to memory really soon is like, I don't want to say the shortcuts, but like they'll work smarter, not harder. Um, you know, tips and tricks, if you will, um, that like that to me is, I I shouldn't say goals right now, right? That's not my, like, that's not goals for me, but like, eventually I want, that's where I want to be. Right. Like I, I I want, I don't want to be, you know, known as that guy with, and it's going to happen. I, I, I completely understand it. I expect it. Uh, to be that guy that has, you know, spaghetti code and just my code is just a shit show, right? I get it. It's going to happen. I'm going to be that guy, but I don't want to be that guy for very long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like we're all, I feel like we're all that guy a lot of the time. <laughs> Probably. Just like randomly trying to create things and it's just all over the place. Like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Who knows? Right. <laughs> Um, I, another thing that, uh, I, I, I did learn with this programmatic approach was, um, I didn't know that segues were only meant for storyboards and you can't, there's no way to use segues in, uh, the, in code, in the programmatic approach. Uh, I, I don't know why, I guess I never really thought about it, but when Sean said that, I was like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> like, wait, so how did wait a second, hold on. And then, yeah, obviously he goes into explain, but it, that was one of those things I was like, but I thought, I thought segues were have to, had to be used everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just different ways you can, uh, like you said, a segue in a storyboard is a way you can show something or do something else. Um, but you know, you're going to maybe instantiate or create something completely different when you're doing it 
uh, in code. Uh, okay, so I think that I think that wraps up, uh, you know, programmatic versus storyboard approach. What do you say we do a little bit of uh, a compare? Uh, you know, kind of your your thoughts on storyboard versus programmatic, or how you see it. You know, anything uh, that you may think or feel about that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like with everything else, right? It depends, you know, and it, it really does with this. Like, I think my thoughts is really, I like, like, I like programmatic, you know, I do like programmatic. I like, I think one of the things for me is to actually be able to see it all right. Not visually necessarily, cause you're not seeing it on a storyboard, but to be able to, uh, like, for example, if you're doing storyboard, the constraints, it's like, what are the constraints? You can't necessarily know what they are. Yeah, you can kind of see visually how it's laid out, um, but it's you don't necessarily see what was set up or what you know changes there are to where if it's in the code, you can actually see, oh, it's, you know, pinned to the top and it's, you know, this many you know points or whatever pixels, whatever it is away. You can actually see all that like in your code. And then if you need to like, oh, this was 30, you know, and I wanted to change it to 50, like you can just quickly change that in the code versus in the storyboard, like, all right, what, which was the constraint that you had and like find that right one and then make sure you do that. And I feel like you can't necessarily visually see it, but it's a lot easier to see what was done, right? Because everything that you changed or everything you set up is right there in the code. Or storyboard is not really the case. So I think overall, like I said, I think I kind of prefer more of programmatic, but they definitely have their places. And really a lot of the time storyboard is just simpler and easier to set up. Uh, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with the third choice. You know, my, my choice is going to be, how about neither? And let's go with Swift UI. <laughs> what does Sean say? The new hotness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, He's called that a couple of times, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a pain. Like, I know I mentioned to you that we, you know, we're starting to use that some in work. So it's, it's kind of cool to actually be able to use that at work now, but it's, uh, I don't know. We don't need to get into that right now. Cause it's, <laughs> it's not something you need to worry about yet, but it is cool. Like it's cool. It's fun. It's, it's nice to just set up a screen like using Swift UI, but then it feels like I'm learning from scratch again. It's like, how do you do the most basic things? It's like uh-huh. with program or, you know, with imperative, right? Like where you're actually telling what exactly to do and how to do it. It's like, that's the way my mind works now with programming and like pretty much everybody that does programming, that's not like reactive or whatever, you know, but now with Swift UI, it's all declarative. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have to, you do things in a whole different way, which like I said, we're, we don't need to get into that. Cause that's, I think it's something we want you to learn, but not, not quite yet. Yeah. Not just yet. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my long take on a lot of that, but I guess what are your thoughts now that, you know, you're, you finally saw like a project in, you know, done both ways. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on programmatic and storyboard gun to my head. If I had to pick one or the other right now, I would probably pick a, the programmatic approach. I like the storyboard, um, but I think that they can get a bit messy. Um, and to, back to your point on constraints and how 
Um, you know, you thought it was, they were they were easier to see in code, which I I do agree. But um, has hasn't Xcode made that a little bit easier? I feel like there there's a different kind of a design for um, editing constraints uh, in Storyboard. Uh, I I don't have it pulled up in front of me, um, but it, it almost kind of looks like a, a cool little um, you know rounded uh, button, if you will, um, where you can edit those constraints on that right pane in the storyboard. You know what I'm talking um, about? Yeah, it's actually, I know what you're talking about. Cause it's actually the, it's like the ruler icon. Um, yeah, I think so. Size inspector. Yeah. So it's a size, size inspector. inspector. And so like, if I'm actually like, I have, I have Xcode opened up right now for that project so I can look at it. So if I click on like the card, you know, and click over on that ruler, the size inspector, you can actually see it's like, okay, horizontal, you know, align center X and width equals whatever. So you can see those. And I mean, yeah, for sure. When you're on that screen and maybe constraints were the wrong thing to talk about because it's like constraints are actually one of those things visually you can see in the storyboard. And you can also always click on this tab, you know, to, to see what's in there. But then there's a lot of other things. It's like, all right, well, what was changed in the attributes inspector, right? It's like you click on there. It's like there's all these things. Well, what what button did you maybe check or uncheck or what thing did you maybe change? You know, and sometimes right. it can be hard to know what things you changed. But when it's in code, you only change the things that are in code, right? If you didn't write it in code and you're doing 100% programmatic, then you didn't change it. It's whatever, you know, the default was, whatever it starts with, that's what it was. So yeah, I mean, you can definitely see your constraints in Storyboard by going there, and it's nice and easy to see those. And it is pretty easy to you know edit them from there. Um, but I don't know, I still kind of like the the programmatic way of doing that. Yeah, I like I said, I I agree. I think that if uh, if I had to recommend anything, I think it would uh, depend on your skill level, where you're at, and your your uh, journey if you will right into ios development i think that storyboards are definitely the the best way to start to get you kind of familiar with um, xcode and and you know knowing where things are and if you have to use a storyboard then you know where these things are you know you're not completely lost and just kind of hung out to dry right it's it's not <laughs> it's, you're not just uh, looking for a lifeline there you know you, you still know how to use the tools that are available to you but um i i just i guess maybe i i look at the uh programmatic way as i guess if, if you have more control I guess um, it, even though there is more code, more code, and, and you know you kind of <laughs> bloat, if you will, uh, it it just feels like you can control it a lot easier. You know exactly where things are. You you know you configure these functions to hold all these uh, different rule sets and you can pass, you know, those functions around. I, I just feel like there's more flexibility with programmatic versus storyboard and it's less messy, but messy at the same time compared to storyboards. Th does that make sense? Like, yeah, there's more code. Yeah. yeah. There's more to look at. Yes. There's more to read. Right. Um, uh, yes. You know, there's way more lines of code, but I feel like 
again, going back to, you know, the storyboard conversation, it could get a little bit tricky and you could get yourself in trouble if you have a cluttered, um, you know, jam packed storyboard. Yeah, for sure. I get it. I don't know if, you know, the listener will get it, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) It it makes sense to me. I'm on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, man. I, uh, if I, like I said, gun to my head right now, if I had to choose uh, one way to do it for the rest of my life, I would choose programmatic. I believe, um, I like, I like knowing what drives, you know, how, how to make a button with just code, not (laughs) command shift L, (laughs) you know, grab a button, slide it onto the view. Cool. I made a button. All right. Now what the hell's behind that button? (laughs) You know, what makes that button? Uh, it's just, uh, and, and it's interesting how, you know, you have to do things in a certain, um, hierarchy with uh, the programmatic uh, approach, right? So I think there was a, a challenge at one point in time where I, I, I didn't. I guess I made the the border color before I made the border. Was that what it yeah, was? I I can't remember, that. but I was just like, "What the hell's going on? Everything's right." <laughs> I I hate programmatic approach. I'm only doing storyboards, and now here I am. Listen to me. Ugh. Yeah. Well, wait till you, wait till you're doing Swift UI and the order of things really does matter. <laughs> I know. I think I I wonder uh, if we can have a tracker to see how many times that I'll say oh, I'll probably change my mind in in six months or I'll probably change my mind in two weeks. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that brings us to the end of this episode. But before we go, we have a question for you, the listener. I'm sure we're just asking for trouble on this question, but here here it is. Do you prefer storyboard or programmatic? Or like Jason said, screw both of those. Swift you all the way UI all the way, the new hotness, which one is it? And there you go, that's the question. And uh of course we also have to do the usual. We gotta ask for some reviews before we go as well. Yes, please review us on Apple Podcasts since that uh, helps us get noticed and preferably five-star reviews too. Yep, and if not five stars, uh, do us a favor. Let us know why. You can reach out to us on Twitter with any feedback or questions. Um, You can find me at dev underscore Mitchell, And I'm at Matt Kruckerberg. You can also find the show at swift underscore podcast. And I'll link to all of those in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, I think uh, we're going to link Sean's course in the show notes as well and possibly his uh, new YouTube video explaining, you know, his explanation of uh, IB outlets and actions. Yeah, sounds good. Those should all be there. Nice. Well, I guess uh, all that's left is uh, to say bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.